The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. 2023 was a record year for the number of complaints against taxi drivers with cigarette smoke in the car, overcharging and a refusal to accept credit cards or debit cards as payment among some of the incidents raised by passengers. I'm joined by Jim Waldron, spokesperson for the National Private Hire and Taxi Association. Good morning, Jim. What's your reaction to this report? Well, I'm disappointed, obviously. Um, any, any complaint uh, in about a taxi driver lets us all down. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, there are 20 million journeys done every year, and it is a very small few drivers that are letting us all down. Yeah. Uh, do you know to what extent the, this repetitive behaviour that uh, some of these almost 1,800 complaints, uh, there might be more than one uh, to a particular driver? No, I don't, actually. And it would be very interesting to see if there are repeat offenders, um, because obviously if there's repeat offenders, uh, they need to be dealt with a bit more severely. Um, you know, if if a driver at the moment gets a, a penalty, it's a hundred euro to up to two hundred and fifty euro. So uh, it's a steep fine, and uh, I think you you would learn your lesson very quick. Yeah. Now, uh, many of the fines uh, relate to things like uh, charging, overcharging, not accepting uh, credit cards. Yeah. Um, the, the the credit card machine is still one that uh, I, I I believe some drivers are resisting. Uh, I, I think it's a lost cause at this stage. Uh, you're obliged by law to take a credit card payment, so you have to take a credit card payment. There are times, though, Pat, I have to say, uh, that the credit card machines let people down. And uh, I would just hope that people can be a bit patient with drivers when they genuinely know that the driver... Like, and I think most passengers would know if, um, if the driver was uh, gammon on or if he was being genuine. It has happened to me, myself, personally, actually, that uh, machine let me down, and thankfully the patient, uh, the the passenger was very understanding. Now, just to understand it from, from a taxi user's point of view, the uh, credit card it's it goes online through your phone. Is that the way it works? Uh, there's various uh, there's various uh, um, machines that people use. Uh, some use apps that go through the telephone, and it requires obviously the phone signal. And there are standalone units that a lot of drivers have now. Uh, they have their own SIM card. But again, it relies on the telephone single, uh, signal. Uh, it operates off a SIM card. And uh, sometimes, uh, and I know a lot of drivers, particularly at uh, the air, Dublin Airport, are having a lot of problems up around the, the uh, drop-off spot at Dublin Airport. It's a common problem there for drivers. So, uh, yeah, you're relying on the phone signal. And everybody knows, like our interview this morning, Pat, we're relying on a good signal. And sometimes it lets us down. Yeah. Now, the the question of a driver saying before someone gets into the, the cab, um, my credit card machine is down. Now, the the guy might say, well, hang on, I have a great signal on my phone. Why have you not got a signal on yours? Uh, well, there's, there's two things there, Pat. To be fair, a driver may genuinely have a machine that's uh, run out of battery or whatever the case may be, and he is pre-warning you. Um and I would say to you that uh, if a driver pre-warns you before you've told him your destination, he's not trying to pick a fare. Um, but, uh, you know, he should have the card uh, plugged in, uh, the machine rather plugged in. But uh, I, I would suggest you that if you've gotten into the car and you've told him then at that stage where your destination is, then obviously you should complain about him. Like, you know, but if a driver does warn you before you get into a discussion and he's like, you know, uh, it, it's possible, I'm not saying it is the case, 
but it is possible that his machine doesn't work on that particular night. Now, the other suspicion, of course, is that cash is king. Um, you know, a credit card transaction is visible to to everybody, including the revenue. A cash transaction is not, and that might be the suspicion. What do you say to people who who harbour that suspicion? Uh, no, I would say all taxi drivers have to be tax compliant. It's unusual, actually. We're we're very unusual in the industry that. Um, you know, if if I'm not tax compliant tomorrow, I'm off the road, effectively. Every taxi driver has to be tax compliant. Um, I would say, though, that uh, the introduction of the credit card machines has... Uh, um, the earnings of a taxi driver has dropped on the basis that uh, our tips have disappeared. Uh, people tap and go now and they don't tip you anymore. Okay, so your overall earnings have, have gone down. Now, there were yeah. three, 326 complaints about conduct and behaviour. Again, it's only a drop in the ocean compared to the total number of trips uh, taken, but it it would suggest either that that there are some drivers who are badly behaved out there or that maybe some of them are not aware of, you know, they're not trained properly. Um, Well, aggressive behaviour for many taxi drivers is not acceptable. Again, though, uh, you're you're talking about... People like ourselves who are dealing with um, the public sometimes have some drink taken and their perception of an incident might be different through the eyes of alcohol or drugs. And, uh, you know, so there are times this might happen. Uh, I can't explain uh, bad behaviour from from anybody. And professionalism is what National Private Hire and Taxi Drivers call for on all our colleagues. Yeah. Um, there were specific incidents mentioned in the newspaper reporting as uh, someone with uh, a guide dog being refused access to a taxi. Yeah, I, I think that's shocking, actually. Um, it's one that disappoints us every year. It seems to occur once in a while. Um, uh, and I'm just hoping that it's not somebody with uh, a brand new car that just doesn't want to get dog hair in the car. You know, um, people with disabilities have to be catered for. Uh, that's why at the moment uh, the only licence being issued are uh, for wheelchair accessible vehicles. So we have to be considerate for uh, the people with disabilities, absolutely. And the, the, the smell of cigarette smoke in the cab? Uh, well, again, uh, you know, taxi drivers do smoke. Uh, it's, it's not acceptable uh, that they certainly shouldn't be smoking while in, in, in operation. Uh, but obviously taxi drivers do smoke in the car when they're not working or they're going made to be. Again, it's not acceptable, and uh, these guys could learn by getting a good air freshener or stepping out of the car when they're smoking. But it can't be done because, it's, you know, in the last two or three days, to be fair, and I'm, I'm just trying to explain something. I'm not excusing bad behaviour, but the last two or three days have been raining. Taxi drivers can't step out of the car to have their break, so they're probably having it in their car. Yeah. Um, I mean, nowadays, because there's no smoking in pubs, just in outdoor areas, outside pubs, and that um, permanent smell of smoke that used to be uh, everywhere in shops, in pubs, in restaurants, and in taxis, that smell is gone. So when you do detect a, the the smell of uh, stale smoke, it kind of makes your nose wrinkle automatically. Absolutely, it's very obvious now today. Like I agree, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, maybe for for the individuals who are smoking, to bring a, car, a can of air spray and spray it into the car after they have the cigarettes. Yeah, I'd agree. And then there was the case of the driver who had a seat so far back that the passenger couldn't fit in the the rear of the cab. Uh, Two things, maybe the driver needs a bigger car um, and maybe the driver has to be a bit more considerate. Absolutely. I I don't understand why uh, somebody would be lying horizontal driving the car, to be honest. Um, Obviously, the car is uh, not suitable for him if he's 
you know, if he's seven foot long or whatever the case may be and he's in the back of the seat is too far back. Um, I, I don't know is the honest answer. I can't explain that one. Um, uh, you know, uh, obviously it was dealt with. Uh, uh, I'm not sure at what point was issued for that particular case, but uh, if the complaint was put in, the National Transport Authority would follow it up and uh, they would obviously advise the driver as to his behaviour in the future. Yeah. As you said at the very beginning, Jim, it's a tiny number of complaints uh, compared to the 20 million or so taxi uh, journeys that were made. You'll never eliminate uh, those kind of complaints entirely because some complaints were made and then turned out to be a misunderstanding between driver and passenger. Yes, thankfully, uh, you know, the National Transport Authority do investigate and they accept um, instances um, where um, the driver can explain the situation. Um, and, uh, yeah, thankfully, uh, the drivers are listened to. Uh, I, I, I would say, though, um, I would imagine that taxi drivers have more complaints about customers than the customers actually have with taxi drivers. Uh, and uh, maybe sometime we can spend spend a programme going through the, the problems yeah. that customers create for, for taxi drivers. Indeed. I mean, I was hearing of one taxi driver recently who said he's more scared of people who are coked up than people who are jarred. Yeah, uh, we had an incident where recently where uh, a passenger dropped, grabbed the steering wheel in the middle of a journey and uh, almost run down two, two ladies. Um, so, yeah, um, the... the the, the the playing field that we that we used to be used to has changed uh, because we can't tell sometimes where you can uh, people entering the car can look drunk and you can make an assessment of them fairly quickly. But people on drugs sometimes don't look so drunk, and it's not in the car that you realise that they're out of heads. Yeah, yeah. And the occasions when a driver can legitimately say to a prospective fare, "No, I'm not taking you." What are those circumstances? Uh, well, first of all, uh, it's if a journey is going over 30 kilometres, they can refuse that. Um, uh, the, the, the reason behind that is they might be at the end of their shift and uh, they might be thinking of going home. They don't want to go 30 kilometres the opposite direction. The other one is, uh, and uh, this is the one that uh, taxi drivers can be creed about, is that if they feel threatened or their life is, uh, uh, you know, um, the person is threatening towards them, uh, that that can be a question of uh, of refusal. And be perfectly honest. Uh, I don't think it's used enough because uh, uh, some taxi, some some uh, passengers are uh, very aggressive in their behaviour, and uh, you know, um, taxi drivers do take them in the car, and then they end up in confrontation. Uh, the amount of taxi drivers that have been violently and um, um, verbally attacked uh, regularly is uh, just growing and growing. To be honest, and uh, you know. Um, Taxi drivers are going to have to start using that more and say to people, no, unless you're, um, I'm not saying sober because everybody likes to have a few drinks, but unless you can control your uh, inhibitions uh, and uh, behaviour, you're not getting into my taxi. And finally, Jim, the question of the number of taxi drivers, um, do we have enough now? Um, has there been an increase in the recruitment? Because there were many people during the pandemic who you know, opted out, found different work and then didn't come back in? We're very close to pre-pandemic levels. Uh, uh, just before Christmas, we were hearing um, vintners and everybody else saying there aren't enough taxis. I don't hear anybody complaining for the last month. Taxi drivers have been sitting in the droves and taxi ranks waiting for hours for fares. And uh, yes, there are enough taxis. Um, at, at rush hours, there's going to be at peak times, there's going to be a wait. 
Um, as I said before, if people try and prearrange their taxis uh, before they go out and expect to walk out of a, a club or a pub and have a taxi waiting for them, it's not going to happen. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the, the cry should be for better transport service, not just taxi drivers. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll we, we, we put our shoulder to the wheel. We'll be as professional as possible. But uh, I can tell you now, there's plenty of taxis on the road and there's plenty of taxi drivers willing to drive them taxis. Yeah. Uh, but we need respect from the public to get us out later in the evening because that's when uh, the problem is. Yeah. And until the problems with um, uh, tax and verbal attacks on taxi drivers are dealt with uh, by, the, by the government, by the way, because it's been ignored for years and years, we still haven't got a public relations officer uh, from the guards appointed to the taxi industry. And until that's dealt with and faced up to, then we will still have a little bit of a problem around peak times. And the last question really is about the airport, Dublin Airport, uh, the, the new, relatively new arrangement whereby people can uh, use an app to call a taxi and it will go to the specific designated area and uh, you pick up your cab there. Uh, compared to you know the queuing uh, where the drivers come from what they call the cash, um, are you happy with the new arrangements? Uh, not, not, well, not particularly, Pat. Um, there's, uh, there, there are just under 2,000 taxi drivers pay per permit to operate out of Dublin Airport, and it's free for anybody to apply. There's obviously a limit on the space that they have. Um, but uh, the taxi drivers in the airport um, do provide a very good service. Now, um, uh, somebody parking in another part of the airport and... Um, poaching fares, for want of a better description. Uh, they're, they're breaking the law doing that there. And as we're talking the conversation here, we're talking about professionalism. So we don't want people to get into this situation where Dublin Airport is all about snatching fares. Uh, we, want, uh, the, the, we want the operation of Dublin Airport to be right and correct. And uh, that's the way it is at the moment. Like, um, I, I, I know speaking to some drivers just this week, uh, the, average wait this, this week, the, the average wait this week in Dublin Airport it's about an hour and ten minutes for drivers, like you know. So drivers are are sitting patiently waiting to get their fare, and um, you know uh, they provide a good service and have done for seventy years at Dublin Airport. All right, uh, Jim, thank you very much for joining us. Jim Waldron is spokesperson for the National Private Hire and Taxi Association. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at nine a.m. on News Talk.